Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and uh, welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. As always, if you don't know, you better ask somebody. It's your boy. DJ Billy A, and across the way from me is my man, 50 Grand. Get up on your mic and tell him who you am, my friend. Ooh, what's crackulating, partner? It's your partner, Big Skis, a.k.a. the Soda Papa. <laughs> Ooh, that sound came through. I'm pretty sure everybody heard that as well. If you are a Soda fan and you hear that, that pop and that... Nothing will get you more pumped up than that, man. That's like, if you don't have a soda and you hear that, you need a soda at that point. If you are addicted to diet soda the way I am and you hear that pop, you just immediately got to have one. Like, I, I that's like a cue. That's like, uh, I don't know, uh, like a junkie, you know, like like a fiend. That's my, that's my, that's going to kick me in. Like, oh, yo, I need a soda, man. Like, I, I I don't even have to be thirsty. Let me just tell you this, buddy. Let me just, yeah, yeah. let me just break it down for you. Yeah, yeah. Break okay? it down a little bit. I don't know what it's like, and I hope I never know, to be addicted to cocaine uh-huh. or crack right. or heroin. Heroin. I don't want, I hope I never know that feeling. <laughs> you don't want to have to but wean I have, off the heroin. I have some kind of an idea. Right. On a very smaller scale, and I'm hoping not offend anybody who's ever been addicted to these things that listen to this. Right. Right. Because just that crack and that first sip, yes. I'm like, yeah. that should be calling me mad. Yeah. That should be calling me mad. The bubbles, the, the you know, the carbonation, the bubbles, the uh, the sweetness. <sighs> There's just something about it. Like, and it's funny. Not so much funny, haha, but it's it's just it's crazy how um yeah man i don't uh, and, and, and we've talked about this before i don't go a day without a soda i don't and if i do i'm like patting myself on the back like congratulating myself like god damn bill you know what 
You didn't have a soda yesterday. Good on you, brother. Nice work. Well I'm have three done. Today. Yeah. Oh, dude, there are. It's ridiculous. Like there are days. Like yesterday, I uh, we we did uh, we did Christmas with the in laws yesterday and uh, did. Uh, we went out to dinner. We met for dinner, and I had two diet Pepsi's with my dinner. Then we went back to the in laws and exchanged gifts and had dessert. And and my mother in law is a big diet Coke fan. God bless her. And uh, so today she's got the fridge stocked. So I probably had three more Diet Cokes there, like two there. And then I took one for the road. So that's that's five diet sodas in total for the day. And I literally stopped and thought about it when I got home. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think I've had any water today. Like literally, like maybe when I got up in the morning, when I do my initial, like I take some vitamins in the morning, I do athletic greens. So I'll mix up my athletic greens into some water and drink Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. But other than that, I had no water. Like, oh, and that's awful. That I, I'm not proud of that. I'm not saying that in a, in a in a way to be like, hey, everybody, guess what I didn't do? Have what my body needs to keep it going. Like the nutrients of life, water. I passed on that. Like there's water in diet soda, yes, but those chemicals and that caffeine and the carbonation detracts from that. They say that diet soda actually dehydrates you because of all the other things they put into it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yesterday I literally had whatever water I did to take my vitamins in the morning and that was it. And then proceeded to drink five diet sodas. Like so crazy, man. The addiction is real. The addiction is strong. The addiction is powerful. Um, When when in, in January we get to our New Year's resolutions, I can tell you that one of my one of my resolutions is going to be to try to attempt to drink less of this and more water. It's it's a goal. It's something I've been talking about for a long time, but I think that will be on the resolutions list for sure. And I know you guys have heard about the 209 till infinity tangent or rant. Yes. Or running off of the rails. Yes. This is a prime example. But yeah. I had no idea I was going <laughs> to call myself the soda papa. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, now we spent the first four and a half minutes of the show talking about soda addiction. Yes, we did, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Yeah. So anyway, it's good to be back. We've been on a little break because I've been sick. We'll talk about that later. So it's good to be back here in the studio recording. Um, I definitely missed it. Uh, We we opt out on, you know, back in the day, we would have tried to do them over the phone. You know, I link up and through, uh, we do, what is it, FaceTime that we mm-hmm, do? Correct. I connect through FaceTime and we've been recording episodes occasionally via that way. And Scott and I, Savage, excuse me. Whoa, my bad. Whoa. God damn it. I'm so sorry, man. I know that's offensive to you. I know it's so that. weird. We so talked weird. about that. I know it's hard. Sometimes I slip. So Savage and I have both come to the agreement that the episodes just aren't the same. Uh, the energy's not there. The back and forth, the connection's just different. So uh, if we can avoid doing that, we're going to. So unless it's going to be like, you know, like when we were locked down in quarantine and we weren't supposed to leave the house and it was going to be months, then yeah, we record over the phone. But if it's going to be one week or two weeks, yeah, we've both come to the agreement that it's better to just take a break and get back in here and do it like this because the quality of the episodes, the, not just the sound, but just the way we interact and react and bounce off each other is so much stronger when we're both in the same room. So that's why we haven't had new episodes. What was it? Did we miss? What was it a couple weeks? Was it a week? Two weeks? One week. Just one week. So only one week. So if if we can avoid having to do one over the phone, if it's only going to be a week or two, we're, we're going to wait and hold out. So 
Sorry for the delay and the absence, but we are back, baby. I'm here in Ceres, California, and we're doing it, and we're doing it big. I can just tell you this. I'm really glad that you threw that out there. Yeah. Because there's some stuff going on in my life, and I'm not going to really talk about it online, but some of the people that know me... Uh Uh-huh. We're quick to say that that's why we weren't recording. Oh, is that what it, they're, they're putting the like, blame on wait you? Wait a minute. Really? Wait a minute. You're loyal. The loyal 209 Pod Squad listeners were quick to throw you under the bus. Is that uh, what you're I telling will me? I will say this. Yeah. He was a sassy cyclone. Yeah. Oh. Not to say anybody in particular, <laughs> but he was a sassy cyclone. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, no. Then let me tell that sassy cyclone that was absolutely my fault. Uh, we weren't <laughs> supposed to record last week, and I was ill, like iller than ill. And I don't mean that in the hip hop sense of the term. I was under the weather, very sick, sicker than I've been in a long, long time. It was bad, um, and it just wasn't doable. And I, I, I did not want to get anyone else sick and spread this around. So, yeah, no, totally my fault. Um, Amazing to be back. Um, yeah, so man, why don't we do a little catch up? I uh, I caught a concert. You did? Yeah, I did. I uh, I think we talked about it in the last batch of episodes we recorded. I mentioned that the next time we spoke, I would have gone to the Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock concert at the Golden One Center. As a concert or a show? Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you why I'm counting it as a concert. It right. absolutely counts as a concert because the thing I like about these big comedy shows, so the last time I saw Chris Rock, he didn't announce anyone was going to be performing with him. And all of a sudden, I saw Chris Rock uh, at the Paramount Theater in Oakland back in 2019. All of a sudden, it goes, ladies and gentlemen, Hannibal Burris. Then Hannibal Burris comes out and does like a half hour set and he's hilarious. Then that was a Friday night. Then the Saturday night, it was Chris Rock, no announcement. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Chappelle. And I wasn't there and I was very pissed. Not that the Hannibal wasn't funny, but right. Hannibal Burris ain't Dave Chappelle. I was Correct. like, holy shit, I could have seen the two who I consider to be the two goats on the same stage. And I was like, damn it, why didn't we get Saturday tickets? That would have been off the charts. So this time around, let me tell you why I consider it a concert. So this time around, one of the surprise guests was Lunell. She's a female stand-up comedian. She's been in the game a long time. She was in Coming to America. She was in Norbit. She's done movies. She's done stand-up for forever. She's from Oakland. So they brought her out since they're in Northern Cali. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, the Bay Area is on Lunell. So she comes out and does like a 15-minute set. She was pretty funny. Uh, Didn't blow me away, but I had a feeling it was kind of impromptu, like not planned. But so Lunell performs... um, Gosh, I, there was a white guy after Lunell, and it's terrible. I cannot remember his name. I didn't know who he was. Uh-huh. He's hilarious. He killed it. Absolutely killed it. Then he leaves the stage, and all of a sudden, up, you know, on the big screen in the Golden One Center, where they, when the Kings are playing, they show you the game while it's going on. So the comedians were up there on the big screen too. Right. Uh, all of a sudden, just a star appears, a black background with a uh, with a black star with a white logo around the star and i went what is this and there was like a countdown and i'll walk somebody and i go that looks like talib kweli kind of yeah it does look like him and then out comes another guy that looks like most deaf it was most deaf and talib kweli now also known as black star and they came out and did a 20 minute set and rocked the house totally surprised i guess they were at the bay area show previous to but they had not been on the show now for people who don't know uh dave chappelle does a podcast on luminary and his co-hosts on the podcast are most deaf into lib quali 
better known as Black Star when they were grouped together. Well, Black Star released an album that you can only get on Luminary. Because most definitely, Kuli are like, fuck all these streaming services. They don't pay enough. If you want our album, you got to sign up for Luminary so we can get paid properly. Right. So that being said, out they come and they do a 20 minute set and they rock the house. Now, that being said, the problem with their album being on Luminary, I don't know any of the fucking songs. <laughs> so I've never heard it. So they proceed to do about four or five tracks off the new album. Not bad, but when you don't know the music at all, it's cool, but it's not great. But they closed out their set with their massive hit from their first Black Star album. Um, I, I think it's just called Black Star. Or maybe it's called Black... Uh, yeah, I think it should, might just be called Black Star. But they did the one, two, three. It's most definite Talib Kweli. And, you know, we don't stop because we rocking for hip-hop. And the crowd went bananas. So, yes, I'm going to call it a concert for okay, that for okay, that reason okay. alone. Like, that, it might be considered a show, but since there was an actual massive rap group that performed at the show, they had a DJ. In between comedians, they had a DJ rocking the house and playing music, and this guy DJed for them. But anyway, so that was one of the surprises, but here's the thing I got out of this concert. For me, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle are the greatest of all time. Right now, working in comedy they're the goats chris rock has been my favorite comedian since he dropped uh bring the pain back in the late 90s and since then on i have watched and purchased every hbo special i loved the chris rock show on hbo um he for me is the guy he's been the guy well as of recently the last two dave Chappelle stand-up comedy specials um sticks and stones and gosh, I don't remember the one after Sticks and Stones that he just released. I thought we're both genius. So I actually bumped Dave Chappelle over Rock as the GOAT. I, I, I think I said on a previous podcast, for me, it's like 1A and 1B. They're like right there. They're neck and neck. It's tough to call. So what I did is we were driving to the show. I, I told my wife, I said, you know what? I am seeing who I consider to be two of the greatest comedians of all time. GOAT legendary N not for what they've done in the past for what they're currently doing right now they're still hot they're still they're still relevant they're still hilarious right and they're going back to back so tonight i'm going to settle once and for all who i truly believe is the goat because as of now Chappelle had the edge but it was just a slight edge so i go yo these guys are going to go back to back and i said i know it's probably going to be chris rock first then dave Chappelle closing it out because right now dave Chappelle is just the guy right he's like most popular so i go but you know what i'm gonna keep an open mind i'm gonna watch both dudes and then at the end of the night when i drive home i'm going to decide once and for all who i believe is the goat and uh here is what my decision was after watching these two gentlemen that night uh, before, before you answer that, yes, let me ask you a couple questions. Ask me a couple questions. Did it go in that order? Yes, it did. Yeah, it was Chris Rock and then Dave Chappelle closed it out. Did they have equal time on stage, roughly? No. I, what really surprised me the most is is Chappelle uh, cut it off early. Like he, I, I feel like Chris did. I, I wasn't watching the clock, but I felt like Chris did close to an hour. And I felt like Chappelle did about 40 minutes. Okay. Um, so that was a bit disappointing because I felt like 
Chappelle is just the popular guy right now. He's mm-hmm. the current dude. He's the current who most people view as the GOAT at, because of the Chappelle show and then rolling into all his stand-up comedy specials and what he's done as far as um, uh, getting his the rights to the Chappelle show back and getting his proper money and his payment for that show. I feel like he's more current right now. Um, but, so no, any other questions? Like, yeah, he was shorter. He had a shorter set. Um, let's see. No, that's it. Okay, perfect. So, um, so after the show, in the car on the way home, I thought about it and I told my wife, Chris Rock has taken back over the mantle of the goat for me. And I didn't base it on the length. I based it on just who I felt rung true to me, who I related to more, and who made me laugh more. Chris Rock's set was tighter. It was way more polished and perfected. This set that we were watching, I felt like if someone had a video camera that night, recording it could have been taken and put right to Netflix. Like it was ready to go. And I don't know if because Chris Rock was just in Sacramento like three weeks prior. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's because he's coming off the road and he's just had a lot of time to perfect this set. But he was like, and it wasn't just the tightness and the polishedness of his set. It was like 1999 Chris Rock. He came out with this energy, like, Dom, just listen, man, look, man. He was repeating himself. He was prowling back and forth on the stage. He was clapping his hands together. I felt like he got the assignment. Like he came to slay. Like I think he knew he was coming before the guy that people consider the goat and they're clearly friends they made jokes about each other back and forth and they hugged at the end and they came out and took a bow together and Chappelle made a point to say it has been such an honor to tour with this man and they came out and talked but Chris was talking about his kids and his divorce and relationships and just things going on in society he had a a bit about he said, we have a, an opioid crisis in, in, in America. People are addicted to opioids. He goes, no, you know what I think the crisis is? We have an attention crisis. What people are really addicted to is attention. And he proceeds to go, and here's how you get attention. One, you could become infamous, right? You could shoot up a school. Or you could try to run on stage and stab Dave Chappelle, right? And take him out. And get your five minutes of that fame. The second way to get attention is to be excellent at something, right? You can be excellent, but God damn it, excellent takes hard work. You gotta get up in the morning and you gotta practice and you gotta put in work. You gotta put in the effort and the time. That's harder to do. He's like, it's much easier to just run up on stage and grab and, and, and stab Dave, try to stab Dave Chappelle. That's gonna get you way more attention. Right. He's like, and the third way is to be a victim. Everyone, he wants to be a victim. And he's like, I'm not saying there are people out there that are victims and have gone through terrible things. He's like, but there's a lot of people that are looking for attention for shit they don't deserve. He's like, look, I got slapped on stage by Suge Smith. <laughs> and, and then he went into it. He's like, look, I got, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. You know what I did? I went to work the next day. I'm not, and, and it's just shit like that. It's really smart. And then he proceeded to go in a rant on Will Smith that was, even though he said he wasn't going to talk about Will Smith a while back, he talked about Will Smith. Like he, he said, look, Will Smith played Muhammad Ali. He trained with Muhammad Ali's trainers. Will Smith is a big man. 
I played Pookie in New York City. I'm not fighting Will Smith. And he's like, plus I was raised better. My mama taught me not to fight in front of white people. He's like, shit, you know who was in that audience? Steven Spielberg. He's like, I'm trying to be an ET too. I'm not fighting in front of everything. Like just that type of shit. Right. Whereas Dave Chappelle came out, and I hate to say it, but I think Dave Chappelle is suffering a bit from he knows he's the man right now. So he came out smoking a cigarette. His set didn't feel as prepared. It felt a little more loose. Uh, and he just proceeded to talk about stuff. And don't get me wrong, he was funny. I laughed. I'm not knocking him and saying he's not funny. But the stuff he talked about, I just didn't relate to as much. He talked about... Um, he had, a, he had a bit about doing mushrooms and going to the strip club and tripping out at the strip club while on mushrooms. He talked about watching porn and coming across a Chuck Berry uh, porn on Pornhub that Chuck Berry made a porn video, a rock and roll hall of famer Chuck Berry, and he proceeded to break down like what happened in this porn and the freaky shit that Chuck Berry did, which led to uh, talking about uh, R. Kelly peeing on people, like his his subject matter, and, and, and again, I laughed. I'm not a prude. I'm not saying it's not funny. Right. I just didn't relate to it as much as when Chris Rock says something like, um, you know, he's talking about women and equal pay. And he goes, look, my wife is as rich as I am. She ain't anywhere near as fucking funny as me. Like, you know, like stuff like that. Like, I relate to that. Divorce, kids, life, society. And most of the time, this is the first time I've ever seen Chappelle do stand up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think he was smart. Normally, I find Chappelle very intelligent. His last three uh, Netflix specials are incredibly intelligent. But talking about shrooms and, and what you're going to tripping on shrooms and going to the strip club and sitting with strippers and and and, and porn, like I just it, it was funny still, but it wasn't. I didn't find it smart. And you know, he like I said, he's smoking a cigarette. He's just like he. It's like he's having a conversation with the audience. Right. And I think, and I don't want to say for sure, but I feel like he's suffering a bit from. I'm Dave Chappelle. I'm the goat right now. I can basically come out here and just talk shit, and people will laugh. And they did. But and it wasn't just me. I, I went online and I found other people that went to the show. And the general consensus overall, most people said Chris Rock was funnier. And he was that night. So all I wanted to base it on was who made me laugh more and who I related to more. And it was Chris. So Chris has now taken back the GOAT spot for me. So it was 1A. He's now 1A. Chappelle's 1B. Um, but, you know, that could change. That could change. But... His live stand-up set that he did that night just did not as impress me as much. Laughed. It was funny. He's still good. He's still he's still amazing. But he just didn't bring it. I felt like Chris got the assignment and it was to come out and just slay. He had an opportunity to perform in front of a packed Golden One Center and he delivered like to the max. So it was an amazing show. Everybody made me laugh. And it just re-solidified that for me, Chris Rock's the GOAT. So that's where we're at with that. Well, all right. I can't comment because I wasn't there. No, you weren't there. But uh, I know you love Dave Chappelle. I, I do, I do. And you know, the thing is, and it's, it's, it, it's this to me. It's, especially in the comedy game, more than maybe anything, I, I feel like guys, they flash hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you're the guy. Like, for example, you take a little, uh, um, uh, geez, Dane Cook. 
Uh-huh. Flashed hot. Oh, he was. He was. He was the, the man God. for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and then what happens, right? Then they, 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 you start seeing them pop up and everything, and then they kind of get a complex, and then like movies. We're go- I'm a god. He had three or four movies. They're like back to back to back. Right, yeah. and then people are like done with them. Yeah, right. Kevin Hart, yeah. hot. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's still hot. Yeah, but I think if it wasn't for The Rock, we would have already forgotten about Kevin Hart. I, I truly coming, believe he's that. coming to the Golden One side. I truly believe that. Guys that are just comedians. Yeah. Right? Like Chris Rock. Chris Rock does movies and stuff, but he's it's, a comedian. It's not what he's known for. No, no, yeah. No. Dave Chappelle is the, the skit comedy and stuff, but he's known for his comedy. That's where it came from. You yeah. Know I mean? And when you're when you're in that upper echelon of comedians, right? I think that you just kind of go in and out of greatness. Yeah. Right? There was a point where I thought Chris Rock went from just being amazing. Yeah, he's pretty. He's, he's still. He's, he's he's one of the best. Some of the stuff was funny. Some of the stuff didn't make me laugh. It was just whatever. Right. 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 And then Chappelle was that same way too. Like the first one, you know, when he when he disappeared out of nowhere and he came back, right? He just his his whole like he's a different guy. He went through a lot of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So how he approaches comedy is different. Right. And he's done a couple Netflix shows where. I it was entertaining. It was funny, but yeah, he's like sitting there. He's like talking to the audience. He's just having a conversation, and he's right. just funny when he talks, right? Smoking a cigarette, right? Yeah. And, and that's yeah, one yeah. of those things. Like, I can relate to that because that's who I am. Right. I'm very funny in a conversational setting when I'm talking to people in a party, things like that, right? And people, I, you know, this. How many times have people been like, man, you should do stand-up comedy? That's a different goat. Hundred percent. Different thing. Hundred percent right? than just talking with your friends. Right, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Or, or even people you don't know. You know. What right. I mean? But like. Chappelle kind of went to that mode where he was just having a conversation. Right. Then a couple of those, you know, they were comedy. Right. You know, because he's kind of been doing a little th- a little bit of things. So I think that it's just one of those things like it doesn't really matter for me. Right. Who's who's the goat? Right. Those are the top two guys of our era, and it's not close. No, and there's no one else right now knocking on it. Maybe if Eddie Murphy mounts a comeback and actually steps into stand-up again, because for the longest time, I feel like he was the guy. Like, he's the guy that inspired Chappelle and, of course, Rock. Right. But he's it's been so long since Raw and Delirious. Like, you know, we can't. Right. Until you do some stand-up, I can't put you in that category. And, 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 and I'll be honest. Like, I've seen Chappelle lately, and I've seen Rock. And I didn't see Rock's new stuff, right? But neither of those two guys are the funniest guys in comedy to me right now. Okay. Like, Joe Coy is the hands-down funniest dude in comedy to me Joe, right now. Joe's he, been a golden he one, He fucking makes me laugh. He's good. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's he's a great storyteller. He's yeah. a great, right? Like, but so, but he's, I feel like, and, and this is kind of what you were talking about. Like, I don't, like, you kind of felt like, yeah, Dave Chappelle came out. He did his thing. He, he was Dave Chappelle. But he didn't really have that fire. Right. Chris Rock had the fire. Yes, he did. Right? Oh, 100%. Joe Coy's in that still upward, you know, that upward uh, arc. He's got that fire. He's still he's still doing his thing, right? He's not at the top of the mountain. So as long as you're not at the top of the mountain, you still got that fire to get up there. And it's funny because I didn't realize, I think we're in a, uh, a comedy renaissance right now. Like comedy is very um, popular. It's very, people are drawn to stand-up comedians because I think they comment on society. They comment on politics. They say the things that we think or would like to say, but they say it in a smarter, funnier way. Like when Joe Coy, not that long ago, played, uh, played Golden One. 
I didn't realize he was that popular. Like, I like Joe Coy. I think Joe Coy is funny. I wouldn't say he's the GOAT, but I do think he's incredibly talented. When he came to Golden One, I go, who the, who the fuck's Joe Coy bringing? Like, he he's headlining the Golden One Center? He's that? My wife's like, yeah, he's really popular. Do you realize the he's Filipino, so there's a massive Filipino community that supports him, and then everyone else just loves him as well. And I go, God, there's got to be somebody else. Who's he bringing? George Lopez? Somebody else has got to be on that lineup. And no, it was literally just Joe Coy. Like, no, like not Joe Coy and George Lopez or Joe Coy and Dave Chappelle or Joe Coy and Joe Rogan. It was Joe Coy. Like, that's it. And there's a couple of guys that, like, blow me away. I just watched uh, Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy. Those are the two guys that I think are at the top of the mountain uh, right now. Fluffy's huge, dude. Currently. He, he played Dodger Stadium. His newest Netflix special is at Dodger Stadium. Like, and he said his inspiration for that was he saw Kevin Hart pack a baseball stadium and he went, I'm gonna do that. And he worked his ass off and he did it. And his latest special is really good. It's good, I enjoyed it, but it's insane. He's at Dodger Stadium. And it's not, like I said, it's not Gabriel Iglesias and five other really funny comedians. It's Gabriel Iglesias and his homeboy Martin opened the show. Like so, and and some other dude I'd never heard of, but you don't see their sets, but they come out and take a bow at the end. So it, it's insane, dude. It's absolutely insane uh, how popular comedy is. Because I feel like we're in this comedy renaissance, this period where comedians are more important than they've been in a long time. Like, and and they're and it's more. They're doing podcasts. They're hosting uh, television shows. Like I feel like. Every morning my wife gets up and her ritual while she's getting ready is she listens to um, uh, the talk show hosts uh, opening monologues because you can watch them all on on YouTube the next day in yeah. the morning. So Jimmy Kimmel, uh, gosh, I can't even remember half these guys' names. Uh, but they're not telling jokes. They're talking about politics, all of them. Like all their opening monologues are like, Trump's doing this, Biden's doing this, this guy's thinking about running. They're speaking on the social commentary and the political issues of today and talking about it in a way that people can relate to and find funny. And they're moving the needle as far as I think the way people vote, the way people think. It, I feel like when Amber watches that in the morning, it's like the, instead of, you know how our parents used to get up and watch the six o'clock, the morning news before mm -hmm. work, like have their coffee and read the paper to get their news or watch the local newscast or before bed, watch the like 11 o'clock news before bed. I, I feel like Amber is getting her news, but she's getting it from Jimmy Kimmel and uh, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name from Saturday Night Live who is now doing a talk show. Or the there's so many guys I can't remember their names, but she, she there's three Seth something Seth Myers yes yeah, so Jimmy Kimmel Seth Myers and there's another guy who came from Comedy Central who now has a show on the major networks. She watches these three guys every morning, and they're all their jokes are political based. They're basically giving you so Trump did this yesterday, Biden did this yesterday, this happened in Florida. Like it's the news, but with a funny, smart twist. And I feel like that's how she's getting her news in the morning. And I think a lot more people are doing that now. And I just feel like comedy, like um, I saw, I've seen several Dave Chappelle for president. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people literally, I think he'd have a shot if he ran. Because they just, it's like they're talking common sense, but it, it's what we're thinking, but with a funny angle.
Right. And it's it and I feel like comedy is really like you know, Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast in the world. Like Spotify gave him a hundred million dollars to just talk. And when Joe Rogan says something, when he promotes a product or talks about a book or it sells because when he talks, people listen. And I don't even find him particularly all that funny. You know what I mean? Like if you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, he'll have other comedians on that are way. He's never he never really makes me laugh. Like I have watched his stand up specials and he's funny, but he's not just a funny guy normally. But people care what he thinks and what he has to say. And I, I think that comedy is really pushing the social needle right now in a way that uh, then it's different than it ever has. Like it's never been that way in the past before. I, I feel like it's it's different now than it ever been. And, and comedy is just so much more important. Like in this era where you can be canceled and you got to watch everything you say and you got to tiptoe around people's feelings. You know what I mean? Like um, I think we're looking to comedians now who are still threading that needle and, 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 and pushing the boundaries and, and of freedom of speech and, and what can be said and what's okay, especially Chappelle. Like he's really been on that, like with his LGBTQ comments and his battles back and forth with that group who really kind of run shit right now. Um, it's important, man. I feel like comedy is such an important medium than it more than it's ever been. Like maybe in the sixties with like George Carlin and Richard Pryor. I don't know if we've seen an era like that until now. Like I feel like these guys now. So yeah. So when Chappelle came out and talked about doing shrooms and watching porn and going to the strip club, I was like, Oh, this is not the Chappelle I'm used to. Like I'm used to the Chappelle. That's like, look, these people are on me. They're after me. And let me tell you why they're wrong. And let me tell you how I feel about Trump. And, and I'm really smart. He's crazy intelligent. He is super intelligent. Just not that night. But that, that's not to say he wasn't funny because he was, I laughed. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I laughed about when he talked about R Kelly peeing on somebody in a videotape, like, and then he talked about reenacting it on the Chappelle show and how he did it. Like it was funny. It just wasn't the Chappelle I'm used to or what I'm looking for. Right. But still funny. It's just that night rock took it and reestablished himself for me as my favorite comedian of all time. But Chappelle's still right there. That's no uh, disrespect to Chappelle. It was his show. It was clearly people were there to see him. But him and Rock both got a standing ovation after their sets. Everybody stood up and clapped. So he's the guy right now. But I felt like he was feeling that a little bit. Like you said, the heat gets to a point where you're like, yo, I can, you know, I, I can do whatever I kind of want. Like, and uh, it kind of showed that night a little bit. Like he didn't seem as prepared as Rock. Well, I can tell you, uh, I'm glad you went to the show. Uh, it was just, uh, it was something I thought about, and then by the time I forgot about it, and then it just it just didn't happen. It was, uh, I paid, I, we had decency, so we weren't, you're familiar with Golden One Center because you're a, se- a king season ticket holder. I've been there once or twice. Yeah, 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 so, you know, there's the seats way up at the top, then there's the seats really close to the floor. We were here, like in the middle. So not like right there by the stage, but not way up in the rafters. We had in between. I don't even know what you'd call that. Uh, so on the floor? Nah. So they put the stage in the middle, similar to, and, and performed in the round. Mm-hmm. So similar to where the uh, where the, the, the floor would be when the Kings play basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
so yeah i don't know if you, it would be considered the floor but we were like i said we weren't up in the rafters we weren't down like they had folding chairs in front of the stage so here's the stage they had folding chairs that led right up to it we were here I guess you might consider that the floor. They were good seats, not the best seats you could get. Still paid like 300 plus for my wife and I's ticket. Um, I was super happy with where we were. I was incredibly pleased. I didn't feel like we had bad. I felt like we had good seats, not like the world's best seats, but they were good. Better than being way up top high, you know what I'm saying? But it was right. it, it was good. It was really good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I had a good time, man. And, I, and the only reason I would pay that much it's because how often do you get to see two people who you consider to be the best to do it in yeah. their prime back to back? I mean, every time I watch the podcast. Yeah, every time we re-listen to the show. But, but uh, other than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very rare that two people get together to perform who you consider to be the greatest of all time. That aren't like, you know what I'm saying? That aren't done. Absolutely. Like a lot of time, two guys like that might get together and you're like, oh man, they were really funny in 1995, but now they're just okay. But it might be kind of cool to see them again. Like these are two dudes still doing it at a at the highest level. Like I said, GOAT, 1A, 1B. Like, right. like so I was like, yeah, dude, I, I will pay 375 to be entertained by two of the greatest of all time that are still I consider to be the greatest of all time. They're not past their prime just doing it to collect a check. You know what I'm saying? They're right. doing it because they can still do it at a high level. And and it and, and they did not disappoint. It was hilarious. Like I laughed consistently from start to finish and we got a, a rap performance, a rap concert in the middle of it. So it was it was crazy, dude. But like yeah, man, it was it was a good time, but you know, it it's uh it was the only I wouldn't have paid three seventy five for like you talked about like Joe Coy or or Gabriel Iglesias I probably wouldn't pay three seventy five for those guys like I like those guys I think those guys are very funny but this was two of who I consider to be top tier top level uh, great great greatest to do it so yeah I'm willing to shell out cash for that like that's a, for me that's like once in a lifetime like that might not ever come around again right well I'm glad you had a good time my guy. It was, uh, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. I, I had a great time. You uh, know, if you want to do, like, a, a, a transition. Well, I could tell you this before that we transitioned yeah. to anything. Uh, I recently purchased tickets to go see Joe Coy. Ah, you did? In May, in Sacramento. Is he coming to the Golden One again? He is. I, I'm telling you, it's it's like a comedy renaissance. So recently at the Golden One, it was just Adam Sandler like two weeks ago, right? With Rob Schneider, um, when we were at Dave Chappelle, they announced that Kevin Hart's coming around to Golden One Center again. Uh, so it's like, yeah, you're saying Joe Coy's coming back. It's like this comedy renaissance where you have multiple comedians that could pack arenas. Back in the day, dude. It was a big deal for a comedian to pack arena. I remember uh, the first one I heard about doing it was Andrew Dice Clay. Mm -hmm. They made a really big deal when Andrew Dice Clay toured and he packed arenas and he had rock bands opening for him. And then he came out and performed. Right. That was a really, really, really crazy thing. Like the only other person that was doing that was like Eddie Murphy at the time. Right. So then you think about now, man, you fast forward to today and we've got several Gabriel Iglesias has played the Golden One Center we have several comedians right now that could pack arenas mm -hmm. like back to back to back they're coming to Golden One Center like one after another after another after another like 
yeah, man, we're in a comedy renaissance. I'm telling you, man, it's a great time. If you love good comedy and you like to be entertained, it's a great time. I'm telling you that even the comedians you never heard of, like the dude who came out before Chris and Dave, never heard of the guy, just some white guy, hilarious. Just some no-name dude. Like, and you could go to uh, the Laughs Unlimited or the Laugh Factory, whatever they are in SAC, any given night and catch a dude that will have you in stitches. And it'll be like, today, Jamie Smith, you might've seen him on Comedy Central and he popped up in a Mentos commercial, you know, like, yeah, but but he right. comes out and slays, slays, because there's just so much good comedy out there. There's so much to talk about. Like, it's it's nuts, dude. When's Joe Coy? Uh, May 6th. May 6th. Nice, dude. Congrats on that. That's Saturday. Day. Saturday. A Saturday. Yeah, that was the thing about Rock and Chappelle, a Monday night. That was nuts, dude. But yeah, man. Uh, so when I talk about seeing people that are the GOAT, right? Mm -hmm. At the top of their game, if we want to transition, Mount Westmore dropped an album. Now, these are four guys that at one time I would have all considered GOATs of the West Coast. But are they still at the top of their game now? Here we are, 2022. We finally get the Mount Westmore album. But is this just a cash grab? Are they still in the top of their game, doing what they can do, doing it to the best of their abilities? Or is it too late? Kind of relevant to what we just talked about with the comedy, right? I, th I feel like it is. Like, this well, is an album we've been waiting on for forever. Now, was it worth the wait? Right. Well, I mean, it, it was, it's been almost a year, <clears throat> you know, if we think about it, because it was, it was, um, it was around last year when Too Short and E40 did this. Uh, it was November. When they, when all the people were doing the, uh, what were they called? The, the verses. The verses. The verses battles. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Too Short was, uh, way drunk. He sure was. And he let the, uh, Mount Westmore slip. He did. And I don't think that was the plan to let anything out of the bag at that point. No. And then when he let that slip, like, the thing went crazy. Like, the, the internet went crazy. Everybody went crazy. Right. And I think that that made them need to drop something sooner than than later. Right. And they dropped Big Subwoofer, you know, at some point in maybe April, somewhere around right. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Um, you know, we talked about how we felt about that album, and then we heard crickets yeah. for months and months and yeah. months to the point where we're like, you know what? At this point, I don't even care. Right. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're going full Avatar 2 on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that movie's out. By Speaking the way. of out in theaters now, yeah. feel, go, go, feel free to go see it if you like. From what I've read, the most expensive movie ever made, Avatar 2. And uh -huh. I, so, in order for the, there to be an Avatar 3, this better make a shitload of money. Like it's got to Unless James Cam James Cameron just wants to pay for it. But everything I've read says you better go watch this on the big screen because the the, the basically all the money they spent is in the visual effects and I guess visually it's fucked. But supposedly it's fucking stunning. But unfortunately, the first one was 09 and I just don't care anymore. That's right. the problem. That's it's the truth. But I don't have a doubt in my mind that the movie probably looks fucking phenomenal and if you saw it in IMAX 3D, I probably would be blown away. But 
at this point, what? how long ago? So nine now? I, I'm not good at math. That would be 13 years. Uh, dude, 13 years for, you know, I've gone back and re-watched the first Avatar, and it's really not as great as I remembered it being. It's a good movie, but it was really very special effects driven, mm -hmm. which is, you know, on your TV at home, it's not quite the same. And the 3D on the IMAX, it was mind-blowing. So I have no doubt in my mind that if I was going to see this movie, which I probably won't, I'd have to catch it on IMAX and in 3D because I think that's going to be the way to see it. But I just don't care anymore. And that same I just don't care anymore feeling is what you're talking about, I think, with Mount Westmore. We got to a point where, okay, we didn't hear anything. We heard crickets. And then when they did release it, they released an NFT album for $3,000. And I think that was the the uh, the crew d'etat of I don't give a shit anymore. Right. The grand finale, if you will. Yes. Because at that point, I was just like, you know what? All right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's piss off. Let's piss off this legion of of followers and listeners and fans that you've had for, you know, two decades plus by releasing a three thousand dollar NFT album. Snoop buys Death Row, pulls everything off of streaming. Right. You know, and 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 you know, we've talked about it if you listen to the show over the last you know year. Bill's like. You know, he feels like he's the guy now because he's got the CDs and I have the CDs behind me. But guess what? I don't have a CD player in my car. Yeah. I don't. I still, I still do, luckily. I, I yeah. don't. So I can't listen to CD. Like, if I want to listen to the, the... We were driving to a holiday party last night and, I want, and, and some alternate edit of Gin and Juice came on and... The radio version. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. couldn't hear what we wanted to hear because right. it's not there. Yeah. You know, so... It's it's uh it, it certainly was a it was a it was a a combination of things that happened that the chronic just had its thirty year anniversary, so I've been seeing a ton of posts about people going thirty years ago today, Dr. Dre released the album, an album that changed the world. And I keep seeing all these posts and, and six I, months ago the world forgot about it because it's taken off of streaming. Right. So I yeah, this was just the thirty year anniversary was I think the end of November. So I've been seeing a lot of posts and I thought, yo, I'm gonna listen to the chronic. It's been a minute. Oh wait, I can't stream it, which means I gotta go pull out my wallets and my my dig through all my CDs and find it. And I'm like, yeah, not gonna do that. Guess I'm not listening to the Chronic, you know? Like I and I didn't listen to it. But there are a lot of people when they there you go, you got it right there, dude. I have to come into my stu the studio, go to my CDs, put it in my CD player to play it on my system in here if I want to listen to it. Right. And here's the thing with the NFTs. And I think this is why now the guys have gone so hard. You, the people who bought that album for $3,000, there's actually more songs on the streamable version that's out now. It, they actually got less for their $3,000. Other than with the NFTs, you get that collectible token or image or card or whatever it is that comes with the album. But what I think what's happened and what's been a bit of a wake-up call for these guys is I've, I've, from what I'm hearing, NFTs have dropped in value. Uh, they're taking a dip and they're not they're not doing what they were doing a year ago, two years ago, even maybe seven or eight months ago. So I think that's why all of a sudden you're seeing the shift uh, to these guys are going hard promoting this album. I've never seen Ice Cube do so many interviews like literally he's on Sway in the morning. He's been on every podcast Every interview show, I have watched at least, I've sent you a couple of clips. I've watched at least seven or eight interviews with 
Too Short, E40, and Ice Cube promoting this album and talking about how the tour's coming. And they're even going as far to tell people like, look, we made 50 songs during the pandemic. So there's two more albums coming. So get ready. Like they realized, they talked about, they've trademarked Mount Westmore, Mount Eastmore. They've trademarked all that. So if like an East Coast group wants to say, hey, we'll do a Mount Eastmore, they go, okay, you could do that. But uh, pay up, baby, because we own, we trademarked the Mount Eastmore name and Southmore and they, they, they locked it down. So it's going to be Mount Westmore merch. It's going to be Mount Westmore tours. Look, when these guys do a show together, all their fan bases show up, right? So, and it's easy for them. Like, okay, Cube will come out and do a hit. Then 40 will come out and do a hit. And that's what they're saying they're doing. Then they all come out and do a song together. And then Cube will do another song. And it's super easy. They're like, we could do a two hour show. And it's like nothing. Like it's, you know, we each do three songs and we do four or five Mount Westmore tracks and we call it a night. They're like, we could do a four hour show if we wanted. And just, they're gonna bank up off of this. right? But that being said, the album did finally drop. It's on all streaming platforms. You and I have both now had a couple of weeks to listen to this album. Mm -hmm. uh, and you and I both said we really didn't care at this point, but of course we grew up on all these guys. So we're still gonna check it out, but not super excited, not really expecting all that much. Uh, what did you think, dude? You've had time to listen to it. Um, how, how'd you feel about it? Um, well, I'll tell you this. Uh... I think it sounds great. I think the beats are fantastic. Agreed. It's very much uh, a West Coast beat heavy, like easy to, it's an easy listen when you're driving down the road. The Rick Rock stuff yeah. is phenomenal, it, dude. It, yeah, like, and, and so that, that first and foremost, I would say that, that the, the, the sound of it is great. Yeah, they had producers lining up everywhere that wanted a piece of this. You know, like the top-notch production for sure. Um, and I would say that if I was to give it an overall grade, uh -huh. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, 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 I it, it's, it's not blowing me away with like. 15 insane tracks that I can't stop listening to. Exactly. But yeah. there are three or four tracks that I really, really enjoy that yeah. are going to be on constant rotation. I agree. And when, and when, well, maybe, probably, in my 2023 Spotify Wrapped comes up, there's probably going to be a few of those songs on there. Yeah. Because I really enjoy them a lot. Yeah. Um, and there are some songs, uh, I would say that there's, I think there's only one or two that I just skip by i just don't vibe with yeah but for the most part everything is listenable i enjoy it i you know i do a lot of driving for work um you know i drove i had to drive to, to fresno or to clovis uh mm -hmm. last week mm -hmm. and you know it's a long album there's a lot of tracks on it 15 i believe it's an, it's it's an hour plus yeah, yeah. It, it was almost my entire trip to fresno it was my whole drive here i i i have an hour and 20 drive and i finished the album as i was pulling up to your house and and, I, and i'll tell you and what i expected uh -huh. is, is is what i got okay um yeah because we we didn't have high expectations no my expectations were this that e40 and snoop were going to carry it and that's exactly what they do 100 percent um and uh i felt like e too short and ice cube were gonna have some tracks where because to me, and, and this is, it's its not as surprising to me to say for too short. It is a little bit surprising because of, for me, the amount of fall that Ice Cube has had is they have to be on the right beat. And if they're not yeah. on the right beat, yeah. they do not fit. 
right. E40 and Snoop Dogg can literally rap on a, a toddler banging on a xylophone and kill it. Yeah. Too agree. short and an ice cube. They are at that point right now where they have to be on the right beat. And if they're on the right beat, then they have to hopefully get some good lyrics. Right. Right. Because I've heard too short on the right beat and then say poop. He, he does. Yeah. He so. literally says, if you meet us all, and I was laughing at this line and I was hoping you would bring it up. I knew you'd catch it. He says, you want to hang with us? You want to hang with a legend? You'll be in heaven. But if you meet us all, you'd poop. Boy, you don't think you can smoke with Snoop? And I just went, really? The other guys let that slide. They didn't go, hey, short, man. Can we change the poop line? If you meet us all, you're going to poop. Like, really? dude, like, what? What? Like, yeah, man. Like, short has some moments that I think he's just, it's just pure standard traditional short. He's doing what he does. But that one, man, like, and Cube has a line where he says, I'm like Jack Tripper, not without a zipper, not looking for a stripper. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, why would you compare yourself to, hey, look, I love Three's Company as much as anybody, but why is Ice Cube comparing himself to Jack Tripper, but without a zipper? I don't even know what that means. Like, why it, does Jack- It's because it rhymes with stripper. Right, right, other than that, yeah. it's just because it rhymes. Like. At least when Too Short said, if you see us all, you're going to poop. He's saying you're going to be so excited, you're going to shit your pants. Like, basically, right? It I, makes sense, at least. Like We might not like it, but yeah, we can understand yeah, it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Whereas Ice Cube, like, a blackjack tripper, like, without a zipper and no stripper. And, like, And, and, and that's the thing. And, and, and especially with these guys, it, and, and, and for all of them, um, They've been around a long time, so there's going to be some level of recycling of stuff. Yes. Um, I definitely hear it with Snoop. I definitely hear it with 40, but yeah. it's very minimal with those guys. Yeah. With Too Short and Ice Cube, half the time when they're rapping, I already know where they're going. Yeah. There's a, there's a song, and, and it, it was one of the, I think it might have been Big Subwoofer, but the second Ice Cube said Cooker. I was like, he's going to go to TJ Hooker. And Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I knew that's yeah. where he was going. Up in it like a booger. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I knew where he was going. Too short starts going. I'm like, all right, I know where he's going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Agreed 100%. Uh, but in, in all fairness, yeah. I'll be honest and transparent. Yes. I did not know that Too Short was going to go poop. I. I didn't, you know what? Dude. I complained yeah. about maybe some recycling. I didn't know he was going poop. That was but not he a recycled bar there. Not at all. The poop He's not talking was... about poop on get in where you fit in. No. The, just, you'd think he'd say, you see, he, you think he would have found a way to at least say, you see us all, you're going shit, bitch. You know, like that I accept, expect from too short. Like, yeah. <laughs> you want to hang out with us and get crunk? Yeah. You think you can hang out with Snoop and not take a dump? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's better. Yeah. That took me four seconds. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy, man. But you know that you being might take said, a poop. you did talk about recycling. Even like E40 and Snoop, who I agree with you, carry this album. There, uh, let me say this about E40. He, we, I talked about Chris Rock knowing the assignment and coming in to kill it. I feel like E40 went. Look, this is an opportunity. There are going to be so many eyes on this project, so many people talking about this project. 
he doesn't have a bad verse on this album. And I feel like out of all the four guys in this group, he's the one, whatever aided you want to put on it, underestimated, underappreciated, underrated. I don't eat, you're the 40 guy of this podcast. I loved E40 for about the first four albums and then I became disconnected. But on this project, he does not disappoint. He, because here's the thing about him and Snoop. We talk about him and Snoop carrying it. We now know it's been well documented that Snoop is using writers. And Snoop's just too busy. Snoop's so busy, he can't even promote the album. Like, he's not with the guys on any of the interviews promoting the album. Snoop's with Martha Stewart. Snoop's doing podcasts. Snoop's doing commercials. Snoop's doing movies, whatever, selling big lighters. He's doing it all, man. <laughs> so he's just too fucking busy. Like, I know he's not writing. He He's admitted, like, I use writers. He said, Superfly writes for me. And he's rattled off three guys. So I'm not that surprised that Snoop's tight because he's got writers. E-40, I don't think anybody could put... The thing to be a writer for somebody is you got to be able to put yourself in their shoes and kind of become them. Nobody's like E-40. From listening to all these interviews and, and just the way he talks, the way he carries himself, he is original. He's been original since 1980-whatever when he dropped, and he is still in 2022 the most original the one one of the most original people i've ever heard i'd put him right up there as far as creativity wise with a busta rhymes like i don't feel like anybody can touch busta rhymes because busta can yell busta can go smooth busta can be crazy spitting and chopping 40 can do all that 40 can go fast 40 can go slow 40 can change his flows but then 40 has a uh, a language all to his own when he talks about yo i'm 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 everywhere like air and all over the place like space baby you just don't know you know it's just i've ne you've never heard anything like him since prior to from 80 85 to now nobody's like him right so i just want to give him some props because he doesn't disappoint i i don't think he's got a bad verse definitely verses some verses are better than others but I don't think he has a bad verse on the whole album. I would say the same for Snoop. There's a couple of tracks where Snoop just talks, though. He doesn't really rap. Uh, but Snoop, I know, is using writers. I'd be shocked to find out. If, I really don't think E-40 uses writers because he'd have to find somebody really special that could throw in the slang, throw in the critic. You know, he's just he's just different. Like, if, if he does have somebody writing for him, props to that dude because I don't know how you'd do it. So these two guys are, I agree, are carrying the album. I, and as a big, it hurts me because I'm a massive Ice Cube fan. Ice Cube, I've said this on the podcast several times, will always have my respect because I feel like he had a run that's unprecedented in hip hop. For me, my favorite run ever is America's Most Wanted through Kill It Will to uh, Death Certificate to The Predator to Lethal Injection. Uh, with the Boys in the Hood soundtrack in there and the Friday movie in there. I mean, just bootlegs and B-sides. Cube had a run that's just insane. His writing, his pen. And then before that, you could go straight out of Compton and he wrote on Easy Does It. He wrote one of the most important songs in hip-hop history. He wrote Boys in the Hood. I mean, Cube will always have my respect. That being said, his pen game is way off. Like, and I get that there's, uh, that, that as a rapper, to have somebody else write for you, probably tough. Like, I, I imagine it didn't come easy for Snoop to make that decision, but it's benefited him. B-O-D-R, 
I mean, come on. That album's, you and I have already talked about it. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It will make my, I'm not going to say where, it will in prior episodes make my top five albums of the year. And it's because he's using writers to give him that edge. As much as I wouldn't want Cube to do that, I almost wish he had. I, I hate to say that as a writer, as someone who raps, I don't ever feel like a writer should do that. But that being said, when you get to a point where you're uh, running a sports league and you've got a movie production company and a clothing line, maybe maybe it's time. Maybe you've earned your stripes, you've paid your dues. Now, when guys come into the game with writers, fuck you. I'm sorry. Good for you, I guess, if you make money. But people like Snoop and Cube paid their dues. So I... The album would have benefited from it if Short and, and Cube used writers. Well, I can tell you this, and this is something that I've, I, I thought about. And this is, and, and, and look, but f- before we, let's, let's close out the Westmore thing. I enjoy it. Yep. I'll be honest, it's better than I thought it was going to be. I agree with that, too. Um, I, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to listen to, and... Uh, it's fun. It's, it's a fun album. It's fun, it's a, for th- sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're hearing four guys you grew up on. Now, Now, do we wish this album would have dropped in 20, uh, 2000 or 1999? How much better would it have been? It would have been insane. Like, But it didn't. We got it now. And it's. I'm happy we at least have it. Um, the way I, I thought about this, I, I call this album a victory lap. And what I mean by that is I'm not a big racing guy, but I know that when someone wins a race... A lot of times, like in NASCAR, they'll drive around a victory lap and wave at the fans and say hello and show the people some love. But, you know, the victory lap is nice. Is it as good as the race they just won? Is it exciting? No, probably not. So that's this album. All four of these guys have won the race. They put in their time. They did their grind. They busted their asses and they won the race. Now, Mal Westmore is that victory lap where they're going, hi, fans. Here you go. Thank you. Enjoy. It's not amazing. It ain't as good as the race, but it's still fun. Right. It's a, it's a victory lap album. It's like, hey, we did all this. Look at us. We're incredible. Thank you. Hi. We're going to wave at the fans and give this to you. I call it a victory lap. That's the best analogy I could do for this album. Like, Well, I could tell you this. Like I said, it's, 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 it's certainly entertaining. It's certainly fun. Uh, as a, and we've talked a little bit about this over the last four plus years, you know, you, we both appreciate both sides of it, but you kind of tend to dip a little bit more toward the lyric and getting into it. I listen like listenability, the beats, that kind of stuff. Like those are, those are things that are a little right. bit more. They're all good on this. And, and, and so it, it's certainly, uh, impressive. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I wasn't disappointed, which is, and then it sounds like neither were you. No, no. And, and yeah. So, it's uh, fun. Will I go back to it a ton? Like you said, there's going to be three or four songs, right. but as an album, as a whole, probably not. I'll but. probably listen to the whole album a couple more weeks right. and then, and then I'll have a couple songs that are saved on my, uh, mm-hmm. my favorite tracks. Yep. And then, uh, it'll be on my liked songs. I will probably create a playlist. There's an EP inside this 15 song album. That's a solid EP. Where there, there's probably four or five tracks where I feel everybody does their thing, and it's really good. Um, so I could, pro- I will probably create a playlist, and uh, and and listen to the ones I really liked, just so I don't have to sift through or skip around. 
but when when the moments when they're with the high points are high on this album and then you know you get some just mediocre stuff and some low points but mm -hmm. when it's good it's really good and it's just a fun album it's just great to hear like i said it's great to hear your four guys you grew up on all getting together and doing something that's insane like that we never even saw coming so like i said would it be nicer to have gotten it in 1999 of course i'm happy we're getting it now. i'm happy that these dudes i'm proud of all these guys man i feel like i'm a big part of these guys success we grew up we were in high school dude and junior high when these junior high school and prior like before these guys started you know like when e40 was doing just the click you know right it's it's we were probably in the sixth grade dude these guys have been these guys are five to six years older than us here's what i was thinking about it and this yeah. is and this is and this is just and, and it's relevant and, and and i and i and i don't snoop and 40 mm -hmm. still extremely relevant yes agreed right agreed um too short has been active He's less never stopped. Left, less yeah. relevant. Yeah. But has still had some bangers. He had a after the after the bay that we grew up in, um, the, the the two short that we grew up in, he kind of slipped into the the little John and the club jams, and he got real popular with huge records. Yeah, yeah, huge. At like, the Chappelle you know, show, they the monkey, played. You know, what's the one where "What's my favorite word, bitch"? bitch. Right. They played that at the Dave Chappelle show, and the entire crowd went bananas when the DJ played that. And when it gets to the part "What's my favorite word," everybody in the crowd, bitch, and that song's huge. When I think too short, I right. don't think that song. I don't think Shake That Monkey. I don't think, you But know, there's a generation blow of to whistle. kids after us that do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people young. But yeah, I mean, so, yeah, dude. Right. And then, and then, you know, like you just talked about, like, Cube, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that you talk about that early 90s, late 80s run that Cube went on to be one of the absolute goats. Yeah. And then he really hasn't been relevant for almost 30 years. No, still puts out albums, still has a fan base of people like me that will check for them when they drop. If he does a show, his hardcore fans will go. Right. And now he's a movie star. So when he comes up in a movie, people go to watch it. But yeah, no, he hasn't He hasn't dropped anything that's been really crazy for me since Laugh Now, Cry Later, which was probably 15, 20 years ago. I don't know how long, a long time ago. Yeah long time but uh you know, he'll always have my respect as will too short right always for what they did in my youth i can never if too short drops an album i'll listen to it and go okay he's just doing what he always does next but i will listen to it right and same thing with ice cube every time ice cube drops an album he's earned my respect enough that i'm definitely going to listen will i be impressed unfortunately probably not and i'll move on very quickly but i am gonna check just for the hope the hope you know that they might have a moment of a return to greatness you know well i hope that you get your moment i do too man i don't think you're going to no, probably not you know the nice thing is too short says hey look we got 50 songs there's two more mountain westmore albums and too short says i'm gonna tell you right now album number two is dope as fuck that's what he says now what's he gonna say it's it's poop <laughs> probably not he might but uh, hey, keep your earbuds loose because we about to drop that deuce. <laughs> Why is too short rapping about well, fucking poop all the time? Well played, nice. Yeah, man. So, uh, and 
from what they said in the interview, they have a song with Dr. Dre. Not uh, Now, on this album, Dr. Dre comes in and goes, yo, it's Mount Westmore. Check it out. And the song starts. They actually have a song with him rapping on it that sounds like will be on the second album. So to hear Dr. Dre with all these guys has me incredibly excited because Dr. Dre usually doesn't jump on anything that's garbage. So if he's on it, he's going to push it to be the best it could be. So we know for sure there's one Mount Westmore album on the next one that won't be poop. It's gay. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm, I'm a, so I, I hope I hope that the projects just get better. That's my that's my wish. Like we got 50 Two Short says, hey, there's like 47 more songs and we're still making songs like crazy, dude. So they've hit a vein. They, they're feeling it. Who knows what we might get? I'm sorry. I'm excited. Well, I'll tell you this uh, again for our loyal listeners. Sorry for the delay in the missed week. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill talked about Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. I've got Joe Coy coming up. Yes. Uh, in May. So that should be fun. Oh, man. If there's any comedian and, and we're in this era where there's a lot of comedians <laughs> and with social media and stuff, oh. we get we get a lot more uh, exposure to the smaller people because people record, you know, someone this guy will be up there on the Laugh Factory who doesn't, you know, they don't even know. And then somebody posted and then it go it blows up and they're getting exposure. But the person's page is the one that's getting the, the likes and the views and right. stuff. Um, but if there's a comedian, you know, uh, that uh, you guys are fans of or if you guys are going to go check out some comedy shows, let us know. Like, I know there's a huge market for, uh, you know, people love the Theo Vaughn's and the Burt Kreischer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. those guys, you know. Huge. I love Theo Vaughn. Like, he's hilarious. I, I don't ever pay attention to his stuff, but I watch all the clips that come back. Yeah, so. yeah. He's he's funny. And yeah. Burt Kreischer yeah. and uh, and his buddy Tom Segura. Yeah. They have the Two Bears, One Cave podcast. Yeah. Hilarious, yeah. dude. Like, yeah, it's so funny, man. And it's, it, it's like, be ready. It's funny because the smaller community Comedians like to get their shit filmed and put out there because it spreads their name. But like the last two times now that I've seen Chris Rock and at the Chris Rock Dave Chappelle, they lock your phone down. They give you this like pouch. They put it inside and it locks and you cannot. And if they catch you, they were literally they caught people filming and made them leave. Like if like some people were smuggling in because they weren't patting you down. So they, you give them your main phone and they lock it down. But maybe you got another phone to try to record it. There were people three rows ahead of us that they were like, you got to go. They And the dude came right out. The DJ said, look, just enjoy this night. Don't worry about your phone. You'll get it back afterwards. But if they catch you and trust me, they'll catch you. You, they'll make you leave. And they did it right then and there. And, and it, he's like, it happens at every show. But I'm just telling you, you paid a lot for these tickets. Don't do it. And the people in front of us were asked to leave. I'm like, I think they were recording. Uh, but yeah, they give you these pouches that lock. And then as you walk out, they have ushers that are like, they have a tool. And they unlock and you get your phone back. But your phone locked down for that show. Because they don't, once you've heard the joke once, it's old. So they don't want that until they're done and they put it on a Netflix special, they don't want you putting it out there, you know, right. making their joke tired. So yeah, man, it's it, interesting. And then uh, let us know if you've checked out the uh, Mount Westmore Mount album. Westmore album. We'd like to know what do you guys think. What did you guys check it out? Uh, where 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 you at on that? Yes, please. And uh, did you love it or do you think it's poop? Yeah, do you think it's poop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That joke's never good. Poop jokes are the best. Hey, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, did you think it was hot? Not too many misses, or is a whole track full of Hershey kisses? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> nice. Well played, my friend. That was good. I that can do good. this all day. You're good, dude. You're freestyling too. That's hey. off the dome, people. <laughs> he is not using a writer. I'm gonna tell you right now. That was off the dome. Let me just tell you something right now, buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't Why don't want you to tell me? Listen. I can do this all day. That's yeah, right. That's what's up. I do know. <laughs> um, next week will be the Christmas episode dropping on the day after Christmas. Correct. So we got uh, we got some uh, some uh, Christmas updates for you. Yeah. And we're going to do, because uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback about the drafts. They yes. like to do, us doing the draft. So we did a fast fun. food draft of our favorite fast food burgers. And we did our favorite Halloween candy draft. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a uh, Christmas movie draft. Christmas movie draft. That's next week. So get ready, boy. Who's who's two squad? Who's going to put together? Got a the lot of feedback squad? on the uh, burger one. Oh, oh. dude, yeah. Absolutely. We'll talk about that next week before we start the the holiday draft. Okay. Or the movie draft. I love it. Somebody somebody threw out some a uh, couple other spots that we haven't been to, and and, right. and that would be on their list. So we'll definitely talk about that. Correct. All right, man. Get us out of here. All right. In the immortal words of my man George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we'll see you in the 209. Deuces. (laughs) See what I did there? I did. (laughs) Genius. (laughs) 